What's up, everybody? This is episode 18 of Brentwood Barbell Radio, and we are going to be talking about the deadlift today. So, uh, how's it going, James? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. First intro. <laughs> Fantastic. I noticed after you hit the record button, I my record button popped up. So, oh yeah, I just need to refresh. <laughs> I guess so. We're we're back online. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what do we uh, what do we want to talk about today with the deadlift? So we'll kind of go through the progressions and just kind of some general programming and some variations that you might see in the gym, what are useful, what we find useful, and what's kind of, you know, what we can kind of scrap or whatever. Maybe a little bit of pain stuff in there too, because that's a pretty common question with the deadlift. Yeah. Are deadlifts bad for my back, Alex? They're perfect for them. <laughs> God. They're the only thing for them. Oh, man. Uh if I had a nickel. <laughs> it's a hill I'm willing to die on. <laughs> I'd have a shitload of nickels. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's start out with the teaching progression uh, that we use here. Um, when somebody comes into the gym, you know, most of the time they have not deadlifted. Uh, often they've never deadlifted. And if they have, then they haven't done it like with any sort of frequency or consistency. Um, so why don't we talk about how we teach people to deadlift? Why don't we start there? Yeah. So typically we're going to start out with the conventional deadlift. Um, you know, other, other name, close stance deadlift. It's going to be easier to get in position. We don't have to rely on a lot of flexibility. Um, so we're going to set up with some bumper plates typically. Um, so we're going to walk up to the bar. We're going to be about an inch and a half away from that bar our shins are if you look down at your feet it's going to be kind of like the midfoot that that bar is going to be hovering over we're going to be in that position and then we're going to grab the bar we're going to bend over grab the bar keep our knees kind of unlocked in, in that same position we're going to grab the bar we're going to drop our hips until our shins touch the bar that's just going to help us set our hips up in a good position so you don't have to you know try to guess where where in space do my hips need to be? It's just a general landmark that you can always shoot for. It's consistent. Once we're in that position, we're going to try to get our back nice and tight. So there's a couple of cues that I'll give for that. Um, one is, you know, just show me the front of your shirt. What does your shirt say? Um, another one that I really like to use, and it actually came from coaching the kids class, because, um, you know, you can't just walk up to a kid and tell them, hey, go tighten up your lats. Uh, right. So I usually I usually tell them, you know, if someone's going to come up behind you, pretend that they're going to tickle your armpits, just slam down on your armpits. That's one of the easy ways. <laughs> and yeah. so I started using it for the kids and then I found out it works out really, really well with the adults too. So <laughs> everybody knows what it feels like to get tickled. Yeah. Um, okay. So you get Perfect. nice and tight <laughs> and then uh, or put your shoulder blades in your back pocket. You're kind of pulling them back, putting them down. Get nice and tight. So now that we're in that position, we're in a good, efficient position to start the, the lift off from the ground. So we're going to pull the bar up along our leg. So we set our hips in the position to where that bar is going to be sitting up right on our shins. And we're going to pull that bar all the way up our leg. So we're kind of pushing through the floor and uh, pushing our hips through at the top. And then we're there. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> that's a pretty straightforward approach uh shout out to starting strength we stole it directly from them 
Uh, it works about 100% of the time, unless you've got something unusual going on with a client. Um, a couple of things I think are important. One is you said we use bumper plates. Uh, the reason we use those is uh, because it puts the bar a sort of standard height off the floor. I think it's nine or nine and a half inches. Mm-hmm. And so we can use that as a consistent measurement. And, and then in the event that someone is unable to get to the bar at that uh, height, um, then we can work from there, like in the rack, say with like a rack pull or something. <clears throat> but but having that sort of defined uh, height is important in the um, teaching progression. So I think that's worth noting. Um, the Yeah, I like those cues you mentioned. I like the cue of like the you know, I should be able to read what's on your shirt, right? When you pull your back tight, when you, you know, get your chest up, I should be able to read what's on your shirt. So I use that a lot if I'm coaching the deadlift. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, one of the things I used to notice, uh, you know, when I would do someone's intro program is like the part where we bring the shins forward, um, or the knees forward. So the shins touch, We'll call that step three. And then when they tighten their back, we'll call that step four. Um, People would often try to combine those steps. So as Mm -hmm. the knees are coming forward, they're pulling their chest up. The problem is that they're also dropping their butt. Right. Right. Everybody wants to get their butt as close to the bar as possible, uh, which makes sense because you're trying to use your legs. However, it puts your shoulder blade behind the bar. Um, and when you push the floor and drag the bar up, if the bar is heavy enough, then your shoulders shoot forward in front of the bar, like too far forward and the bar swings off your legs. So that knees forward, shin touching, locking your hips in place is really useful because from there we can say, pull your chest up and don't drop your butt, right? Like we can separate those out. And that's a really useful thing because it's going to position the barbell directly below the scapula so when they push the floor and drag it up, the bar stays on the leg. And that's like the biggest sort of technical issue that I see with, with deadlifting. Would you agree or do you see something uh, different? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's the number one. Everybody wants to squat it. They want to pull that chest up high, almost like looking at the ceiling. You know, we try to kind of have that eye gaze of like that, you know, six to eight, maybe 10 feet out in front of you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that just kind of helps facilitate that hip drive kind of, you know, same with the squat, kind of driving your legs through our feet through the floor, keeping that bar path. Yep. Perfect. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about something that is not controversial at all. Let's talk about programming the deadlift. <laughs> Everybody has, yeah. uh, has their opinions on how to program the deadlift. Um, let's, uh, let's start out with frequency. Uh, so, when you're writing a program, kind of walk me through what you're thinking in terms of how often someone's pulling. Yeah, so it's going to depend on their program for one, like if they're a three-day, a two-day, a four-day, whatever. Um, you know, especially if they're a two-day, I'm going to definitely make sure that they are deadlifting at least once a week, maybe twice. Uh, they might have something as simple as, you know, all three lifts, but generally we're, we kind of stick with that two-barbell lift. So the two to three day options they're gonna they're gonna deadlift at least once and the four day we can kind of spread out some of that work so that we can try to pull about twice a week um yeah it just kind of depends on that uh 
that training frequency in general. But um, try to spread that out to where we can kind of focus on one heavier day. So we kind of, you know, we have that one top set. Um, we can kind of run that as a LP or whatever if we have a, a variation in there or something. Uh, run that as an LP and really drive up that number, get that overall strength up, the absolute strength. And then the other day we're going to kind of work in that volume. And so that might be anywhere from three, five, three to five or maybe even six to eight sets, uh, just depending on the workload and all that. And uh, that's going to be much lighter submaximal work to where we can really kind of build up some strength and work capacity in the deadlift and help aid in that intensity day and they kind of feedback off of each other. Yeah, I love that uh, that programming split, honestly. Um, uh-huh. You know, a lot of people will kind of argue whether or not that's the way it should be done or whatever. But I, I think from a lifter's perspective, it's great because you walk into the session knowing specifically what the goal of the session is. I love knowing that, okay, today I'm going to pull a heavy set of whatever. And then on the other day, I'm coming in and I, I love knowing I'm going to do some volume work. I'm going to get some first reps. I'm going to get some practice, probably going to be some work capacity type stuff in there. Um, and it's just a way to move, um, you know, and program for people that you're, you're not always asking, um, you know, the deadlift to be, you know, heavier, heavier, heavier. And I think that's the deadlift as much as any lift responds to that waving of like intensity and volume. Mm-hmm. I feel like, would you agree with that? Oh yeah. hundred <clears throat> percent. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I mean, at this point we, we use that setup quite a lot. Uh, once a person is uh, less beginner, you know, or mm-hmm. less novice, if you want to use that term, um, we, we kind of make our way to that volume intensity split. Um, so speaking of volume, so let's say our lifter has, you know, Tuesday, he's going to pull heavy and he's going to do maybe some squat volume. And then Friday, he's going to flip that. So he'll do, you know, heavy squat and maybe he'll do some pulling volume. Tell me, or let's talk about what a heavy deadlift day, like what's the volume and intensity look like there. And then let's mm-hmm. go to the other session, the volume session. And what does the volume and intensity look like there? Yeah. So I've uh, got a couple of programs out at the gym currently. So um, the one that I like the most for most of our people is they have something around a three to five rep top set on that heavier day. So it's one yeah. set. Yeah. Um, occasionally I will throw in the one rep. So um, I know a lot of, a lot of the, People at the gym just finished up a cycle that you know had like heavy box squats. They had a single, and they're going to beat that in four weeks. Um, I would run it the same way as the with the deadlift, you know, the heavy single, some rep work in between, and then heavy single to finish out the cycle or program. Um, just because then we can kind of work at that like eighty-ish percent and up. You know, that's kind of where we're going to see those like biggest. Uh, you know, strength stimulus and all that. So we're not, you know, we're not doing the sub-maximal rep work for our intensity day. We want that to be heavy. We're coming in with that goal and that mindset of, I'm going to pull something heavy, maybe even pulling for a PR, or I'm coming in, I'm going to add five pounds from what I did last time. You know, I know I, you know, five pounds, two and a half pounds, plates on each side on a deadlift, I can do that. Just keep on doing it. Yeah. And then that volume session, that's, uh, 
I really like using that intensity session. It could either be from the prior week or from that current week, but something that's relatively close together. You know, it's not like, all right, six months ago, I did this, this deadlift. I'm going to use that percentage. That's, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, Training changes a lot more, you know, I mean, the feeling of training changes (laughs) a lot more frequently than that. Um, How much you slept, everything. Did you peak for that deadlift or whatever? So I like to use something that, you know, a benchmark that we can go off of that's current. It's uh, accurate. And it's actually going to represent where we're at currently. So say we did a top set of five that week, you know, maybe later on the week we're going to do a, you know, three sets of five at 85% or something like that. That's that's relevant. That's going to be submaximal work. We know that we can hit, you know, 15% higher than that. So why can't we do some reps at that at that weight? So I really like being able to use that benchmark set for that. Yeah, I do, I agree with you. I think that's uh, incredibly useful um, from a client perspective. Um, it, it's also, you know, okay. Let's say you've got seven people running this template. You know, when you're working off of their most recent benchmark set you know, you can start to customize that template for the individual, right? Like, so the longer someone trains, the more and more custom something becomes because you are getting a feel for how they respond to a particular volume or intensity, right? You said, you know, Mm -hmm. three sets of five at 85% of your five, somebody else might do better with like five sets of three at 80% of that five. Mm -hmm. Same, it's the same, except Right. It's, it's different, right? Because the, yep. there's less reps per set. So that might be one way to do it. Um, or somebody else might even need a bigger spread. You know, it might be, uh, you know, five sets of three at 75% of that set of five, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And so again, we're, we're back to like, what is the goal of the workout? And so we can, knowing the goal, we can now make little micro adjustments to that uh, that athletes, uh, programming and say, you know, you tend to move the bar at a speed we like, um, based on this offset. And so let's just, you know, let's just put it there because that's giving us what we want rather than like the, you know, some sort of like arbitrary predetermined, you know, number that you're supposed to do. So, Mm -hmm. so I like that a lot. And I think that keeps training, um, relevant, uh, to their current abilities, you know, if you're doing a weekly or even a monthly works pretty well, uh, yeah. anything more than a month, I think gets a little weird, I think for folks, um, because there's just a lot of factors that change in a given month. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about some programming strategies. So we've already, uh, we've already described this volume intensity split, which would be a programming strategy in and of itself. Uh, let's talk about some other strategies, which I guess are probably going to, you know, come more in the form of like exercise selection. Yeah. So uh, exercise selection. So that can get interesting with the deadlift because of people's, you know, maybe uh, tolerance, like in terms of like low back pain, things like that. So we might end up introducing some of these variations earlier on. So it might be a rack pull that's at mid shin or something like that. If they don't feel comfortable bending over that far, um, you know, not everybody starts out there by any means, but uh, so anyway, as we kind of increase our strength levels, you know, we kind of run this, you know, linear progression 
you know, we were running up that five, five pounds every week. We're running up the five reps. Maybe we move over to three reps, all that. Um, and we're kind of, you know, looking for like, how am I going to add that extra five pounds and things like that? So we're going to try to put you in positions that are necessarily, that could be quote unquote inefficient. So maybe like a deficit deadlift, um, rack pulls, sometimes rack pulls can increase that weight. Sometimes people are not great at rack pulls. So, uh, you can kind of see where people's weak points are. Um, uh, honestly too, one of the things that I've done with myself, which isn't always the answer, but, uh, for deadlifts, weirdly it was, it was to deadlift less often. (laughs) Um, I just tolerated deadlifting one time a week, much better than I did twice. And maybe that's the case. Maybe that's all that somebody needs, but, um, you and Bill, that's, Right. Yep. Elite category there. Yeah, no, right. How do you get your deadlift? So, Just don't deadlift. Really? Right. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. So like we can kind of work through what variations are really going to help you out and, um, you know, what's, you know, our tissue is going to tolerate, whether that's low back or whatever. Um, Maybe it's throwing on some bands on the deadlift. We're kind of trying to work on our lockout, our speed through the deadlift to, uh, you know, increase that acceleration. You know, if we're kind of getting stuck right above the knee, maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's not, but you know, um, but the, pr- the variations kind of come into play kind of after we get through this kind of, uh, you know, linear progression phase and we're trying to almost exhaust all efforts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really think that somebody needs to get good at the deadlift before we really start throwing in a bunch of these. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, uh, there's nothing easier and quicker than just adding a few pounds every time, uh, mm-hmm. until that starts to become unreasonable. And then we come up with a new solution <clears throat> and that's kind of the, that's kind of the idea all along. It's like, well, you know, if, uh, if we can come up with something pretty simple that works, let's do that. And when it doesn't work, then let's come up with something slightly less simple, but still yep. pretty simple. Um, and, and use that for all it's worth. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. Um, the frequency thing is interesting. Um, I've gone through both sort of extremes where I pull like two days a week, really high volume, or really high, so 25 to 30 reps. And then I've done other, more recently I've done programs where like I have kind of this heavy day and, and volume day or whatever, intensity day, volume day. Uh, I don't know. I like them both. I guess it just sort of depends on where I'm at and in my training cycle and what I'm doing. I, um, currently right now I'm only pulling from the floor, uh, once I think. And then the other day is like an, uh, RDL kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, anyways, there's lots of options there. Typically the deadlift is the first lift, uh, that people kind of run up. Uh, or get heavy, right. um, which is great, but then also it tends to be the first lift that kind of gets stuck as well. Yeah. Well, maybe the press, but um, so, anyways, we got to start kind of strategizing on that um, when that time comes. But yeah, I think that's I think that's a good sort of jump out jump off point there. Um, I got one more question uh, for this episode. Do you think that the deadlift, and I'll put in. Let's just, let's qualify. Do you think the conventional deadlift is the ultimate <laughs> test of strength? There we go. <laughs> um, 
Hmm. It's hard because I do think squat is king. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's just something about something heavy being on your back, <laughs> that mental component to it. But I do think that deadlift, the that just that grit and everything with it, it's just, it is a true test of strength. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think the deadlift is a better test of strength. I think the squat is a better test. It's a more comprehensive test, right? You got to yeah. be strong to, squ- to do mm-hmm. a heavy squat, but you've also got to be relatively athletic. Like you've got to mm-hmm. be coordinated. You've got to understand bar path and balance. Yeah. All of that stuff exists in the deadlift too. It's just, there are less consequences screwing it up in the deadlift. Right. <clears throat> you know, yeah. the, the squat, if it's on your back and you, you screw it up, like you're going to, you're going to take a spill. And yep. so I feel like the, the deadlift just isn't quite as, um, you know, it's, it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, it's not risky, but it's not, it's just lower consequences. So you can get away with more. Yeah. Right. So right. your technique can yeah. be, you know, quote, less perfect. Um, and so for you that around your back, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so for, for that, I feel like typically you're going to see the deadlift be a good reflection of strength because there's not so much attention to technical detail for sure. Right. Um, anyways, I, I, I think it's pretty, it's hard, right? Squat or deadlift. But I think it, if I have to vote, I'm voting deadlift. Deadlift is yeah. the ultimate. For two tests of strength, I would say deadlift. So uh, let's ask the dumbest question in the world. <laughs> you can only do one lower body exercise, Alex. What would it be? <laughs> I'm going to do the squat. <laughs> I hate this question. Every time somebody asks a question, I'm like, but we don't have to only do one. Right, yeah, I know. <laughs> I would never write a program where you only do one. Uh, yeah, no. I don't know. I think... God, it's hard, man. Um, the only one of the one of the reasons for me is I my deadlift has never helped my squat, and so my squat has helped my deadlift. So to true. me, true. if I ever go back to it, <laughs> that strength's going to be there. I think I would pick the squat as well, even though the squat and I are not friends. Uh, we do not get <laughs> along well. Um, the deadlift and I are much better. Uh, we're much better friends, but I think I would pick the squat too. Yep. Yeah. All I'm right. also pulling sumo right now, so you know I'm not super friendly with the deadlift right now. <laughs> the dark arts. Yeah. All the secrets. <laughs> all right, man. You got anything else? No, that's all I got. Great. This has been episode 18, where we were talking about the deadlift. Hopefully, you picked up something useful. Uh, shoot us a question if you got any. Uh, catch you on the next episode later. See you.